0: Welcome to the Big Picture Social Emotional Learning Podcast. Dominique Brooks, a senior in high school, was kind enough to accept my invitation to join me around the topic of social emotional learning for her overall education. Her insights and her suggestions are gold, and I hope many, many educators and decision makers will hear what she has to say in this brief conversation. Dominique is an intern at Sacramento City Unified School District, serving on a youth development team which is responsible for the digital media of the school district, and also for enabling the voice of youth within Sacramento School District. Dominique is the president of her school's Black Student Union, and this year she will be an EQ ambassador for her school, EQ being emotional quotient is compared to IQ, which you probably knew, but I just thought I'd clarify that. I hope you will appreciate Dominique's well-considered, though never-rushed, answers. I definitely did. Welcome. My name is NeNe White, and I am so glad you're here. Dominique Brooks, thank you for accepting my invitation to share conversation with me on the Big Picture Social Emotional Learning Podcast. Um, I really appreciate your taking the time.
1: Thank you for having me. You, (laughs) You
0: are a high school student, and we met on an online educators conference. And so I was kind of surprised to see you there in one of the little Zoom images and I got to ask, why were you there?
1: I was actually invited there by my boss. I work at an internship at SUSD. SUSD Under stands Youth for? Development.
0: SUSD stands for?
1: Sacramento City Unified School District. OK. okay. <laughs> I have to get it out quick or else I don't remember. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so I work under youth development and in a team called Source Media Agency, and not only do we handle the um, digital media for the district, but we also work to provide youth voice in the district.
0: Mm-hmm. Super important. Whose good idea was that?
1: It was actually my boss. He created it.
0: <laughs> uh-huh. And I wonder what made him want to do that.
1: He, um, he works... He, previous to Source Media, he worked in Women's and Men's Leadership Academy. Uh-huh. And I'm sure it was just seeing the brilliant voices of the youth, because it's not right. such a traditional teaching setting. Exactly, But it's more of like, you get to know your students, actually know their personalities and their wants and needs in the district. So I'm sure it sprouted out of that.
0: So what was the name
1: of that organization? Men's and Women's Leadership Academy. Very
0: cool. And that's also in Sacramento?
1: Yes,
0: very cool. I bet he's kind of on the young side.
1: Um,
0: not so much. (laughs) Not so much. Very. He's not aged. Okay. He's not aged. All right. Cool. So, um, the online conference where we met was about bringing social emotional learning more front and center to all of California's public schools. So that's kind of a a huge challenge, uh, but a very important. Uh, essential challenge, I would say. But I wanted to ask you how you would define social emotional learning, and if that's like too big a thing to do because even teachers have a hard time with that. I would like you to share a little bit about how social emotional learning matters in your own life, and maybe in the matter of in the life of your peers. I define social
1: emotional learning as being able to not only understand your emotions, but also understand the emotions of others to hopefully be able to get a better understanding of you and your peers to further your conversations, not only intellectually, but also like spiritually in the matter that you can develop yourself better.
0: Uh huh. Really good. And how have you had classes where you had some help with that? Or where have you had the most support for that in your life, or have you read books, or is your mom super helpful and supportive? What, where have you received the most amount of support for that develop that part of development for your life?
1: In my classes, mm-hmm. the only experience with social emotional learning was um, maybe taking a few minutes before class to practice listen or practice your breathing. Hmm. And that actually did help because you underestimate breathing so much. Right. (laughs) You think you know breathing until you know breathing and then it becomes your best friend. Uh And outside of that, I really didn't get much social emotional support. It was more of me learning through learning about me through um, trial and error. Mm
0: hmm. Mm hmm. So let's go back to this breathing element. How, how has that helped you with your, because that's, I mean, we've all heard a little bit about breathing, mostly some of us have, but I mean, that's not a natural leap of, of understanding. So fill in, the, fill in the gaps here of our understanding, how breathing, becoming more aware of your breathing actually supports your social emotional development.
1: I actually took my trip into breathing before my classes, before classes started teaching me,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. and I would get angry, and then I noticed, I started noticing a pattern, and when I get angry, the person around me gets angry, and it doesn't end well. Mm -hmm. So one time I got angry, and I went to my room with some very angry thoughts, turned off the lights, and just breathed. Mm -hmm. I noticed... I started calming down. I started thinking better, and it even felt—I felt better than before coming out of breathing.
0: Beautiful. How long did that take?
1: Only a few minutes. Yeah, yeah. So it's really easy to calm. Right,
0: right. So do you try to take deep breaths, or do you just notice what your breathing is doing and keep noticing it and notice? And because you're noticing it, it change. What, what, what's your process?
1: When I'm angry, I breathe very fast. So it's like first breathing I breathe, bringing that breathing to normal and then hopefully beginning to deepen it and like, you know, expanding the stomach and then compressing it to get a more out of my breath.
0: Mm-hmm. Nice to have that uh self, I don't want to say self-control, but uh self being able to manage your own emotions in a way that's more helpful for yourself and for circumstances. That's really power, actually. Um, How long?
1: Yes, it is. Uh is. I've had um, a counselor before tell me, he who angers you is he who controls you. There you go. I really took that to heart.
0: (laughs) That's big. That's huge. That's huge. Um, Do you have any friends that do the breathing? Oh, well, yeah, they do it in the class, right? No. Yes. And and do they appreciate it as much as you do?
1: There's definitely some differences. There's some who appreciate it even more than I do. Oh. Um, I feel as though if you don't give it a chance, then it's not going to be beneficial to you. Right. And in my classrooms, there are definitely good learning spaces because the teachers um open up to us. So if the teachers tell us to give it a try, we'll give it a try. Yeah. So everyone in my classroom definitely benefits it too.
0: Nice. Wonderful. And the teachers do it as well, right?
1: Almost definitely. Yeah. <laughs> my teacher, I've had teachers um, have freshmen before us. Yes. And they definitely say they benefit from it.
0: Very, very good. Um, so for a while, it's been quite... Uh, I don't know if you're aware of this, but it's been, uh, you know, a decades long kind of, I won't say, well, battle or, you know, obstacle course to try to change the mindset of administrators that social emotional learning is like a soft skill and it's not the school's responsibility. Um, There's finally a change of mind and heart with administrators and educators. Um, But there are still teachers that have no interest in that. So you must have had teachers that don't put any emphasis on relationships in classrooms. What is that like for you? Have you do you notice a difference in the teachers that do that? Of course you do. What, what are your observations?
1: I have to fix my earbud.
0: <laughs> Oops.
1: I wanted to give um, space, sorry. <laughs> That's
0: fine. Ooh.
1: Okay.
0: Um, You want me to ask the question again? As far as. Oh, no.
1: No. Actually, yes. (laughs) Okay.
0: So, um, social emotional learning has been trying to be promoted for many years, even decades. And there's been a lot of pushback from administrators and teachers who said that, first of all, that isn't the school's responsibility. And the other thing is, um, those are soft skills and that should be done at home. And that's not academic and that's not what we're here for. But the uh, decision makers and schools and even research is proving that, whoa, when you leave that out, you're leaving a whole giant piece of, of what's important for kids to be learning. But there are still some teachers who absolutely are resisting bringing social emotional learning into this classrooms. You must have teachers like that. What is class like with those teachers compared with the teachers who value social emotional learning or, or making connections in the classroom? Um,
1: yeah, I'd most definitely experienced with teachers. I've had teachers who've made fun of the teachers who prioritize social emotional learning. Ooh, ouch. In Yeah, the major difference is feeling like you want to be in this class versus you're forced to be in this class. Mm -hmm. Because with the teachers who don't value social emotional learning, they often don't value other things that make a student feel like a person. It's that friendly bond that you need with the teacher. Right. Honestly, you don't need to be buddy-buddy with the teacher, but you do need to know your teacher more to be able to actually gain more from your teacher. And those teachers who don't value your um, emotions or validate your emotions, it's a different learning experience. (laughs) Sure. Not so much as a beneficial one.
0: And maybe even... Emotions, but also just your unique perspective, yeah, because I think sometimes social emotional learning is kind of a misnomer it's the 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 name kind of emphasizes on emotions, and really it's way, way bigger than that, you know it's just mm-hmm. each person is an individual person and should be acknowledged as such um, yes. And it doesn't take that much time, probably, you've noticed, with the teachers who are comfortable with having, you know, more connection in school, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, What do you notice that those teachers do specifically?
1: The teachers who um, enjoy more connection? or Yeah. Those teachers... They often, once they get more familiar with their classroom, they often um, begin to joke with their classroom (laughs) and know each of their students on a better level so they can actually joke with us comfortably (laughs) because when you're not able to know each of your students and have that bond with your students and you then try and joke, it often does not work out well. Uh-huh. It often turns into something offensive or hurtful.
0: <laughs> uh-huh. Or just dorky and dumb. Yeah. <laughs> Inappropriate or whatever it feels forced. And that's almost even worse, isn't it? You know, when you try to. Most definitely. Yeah. Okay. So it's so interesting because really this whole field. When it's done from the right place inside each individual and for the teachers, for sure, and administrators, then everybody wins because relationships are more comfortable and more gets done. I mean, and it's not like you have to pull something from outside. You just have to be more here, and mm-hmm. more with people. Yeah. So, Okay. So what do you think is the most important for educational decision makers in California to understand about today's students? Because, you know, you've got Google, you can do your own research, you can do your own learning. So why would a student want to be in school and give respect to the teacher if there isn't that other dimension that's, that's uh, being nurtured? I mean, What is it, how are kids feeling in 2020 about being in school now? Why is this SEL dimension so important, would you say?
1: Um, I'd say that we, whether you put SEL into play or not, need Mm SEL. We no longer allow, we no longer hide our emotions or devalue our emotions or our person. We're no longer allowing ourselves to be simply a student. We are now people being educated. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So it's important to see us as individuals because as individuals, there's so much difference between all of us. And there's difference between how you have to teach us. And there's difference between how you have to learn from us.
0: Learn from you guys. Yeah. Yeah. And work together. So
1: it's no longer an option for you to simply be an educator and us to be your student,
0: yeah. That relationship has to be there. Yes, of mutual respect. It sounds like, yes, and yes, definitely right. So I, I can imagine. Um, I'm hearing you loud and clear, and I really, really appreciate you taking the time to come up with answers that are deeply true for you one thing I can imagine that some teachers would be concerned about is that they have to be noticing each different student individuality. Someone could be intimidated by that, uh, uh, responsibility. But Mm -hmm. in my own experience, I noticed that it, it, it wasn't that hard really. It's just when you connect with each student eye to eye for even a moment, you're really with that student. It's not like you have to sit down and find out their whole biography or anything. What what do you see teachers, how do you see them succeeding at that, acknowledging each individual student?
1: Acknowledging each individual student, it's less of a memorization. Yes. Difficulty and more of a time difficulty. Because for, I think, it might only be for me, but I think for a lot of people, it's easier to memorize somebody's personality and tendencies more than it is to memorize their name or their face.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It just takes you being able to develop that relationship with each individual.
0: And But what do you see teachers doing when they succeed at it? Or do you have any teachers that are good at that? I never did. I never did. And that was one of the reasons I became a teacher, because... I thought for sure it could be done, and I had a lot of fun with that challenge. But I was wondering what you see teachers who are good at it, or have you had teachers that are actually good at it in a whole with a whole class?
1: The main difference is, I've heard a lot of teachers discuss how they feel as if they have to be, like, defensive. Yeah. Around their classroom. Yeah. For fear of, like, the students targeting them, but... In reality, once you lose some of that defensive barrier, obviously there always is going to be a tiny bit. (laughs) But once you start taking down that defensive barrier and start actually showing us how you are feeling and what your actual thoughts are, then we get to think of you more as a person because it's important for us to be able to think of you as a person as well as you to think of us as a person. So once we are able to think of you as a person outside of this classroom, it's better for us to think of you inside as a person inside of the classroom.
0: That's just so wise. I mean, and it just it's really it just makes so much sense. It's it's actually uncomplicating the thing. It's not like you have to become a different entity once you walk inside the classroom. You are who you are in the classroom and you don't have to deconstruct yourself when you go out yeah that's what you're saying basically yes no yeah (laughs) great great I mean I love that very clear and and good I, I hope this helps some teachers to contemplate the the opportunity to bring more of this dimension, this incredibly important dimension into their classrooms, because without it, we are just uh, compartmentalizing so much when what we need to be doing is creating more community and unity among all of us as human beings, because this separation of, you know, and categorizing of human beings is, is not working out too well for any of us. Do you have any thoughts on that? Mm-hmm. Did you want to say anything about that, or is that just me going, going into my own little world? <laughs> um. <laughs> Don't feel any pressure. I'd also Sorry. like to
1: add. <laughs> yes, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, yeah, um, I like to add um, when. Teachers take down that defensive barrier. We know. (laughs) And. I I think. A big issue. Is you thinking that. We don't want to listen. We definitely do want to listen. If there's that sense of mutual respect. And. When there's that sense of mutual respect. And us understanding how you feel. Often we come to your defense. (laughs) Because. If I know you as a person I know that I don't want you to be disrespected in the way that some teachers are. Yeah. Out of that mutual respect.
0: Oh, that's so, so... And
1: oftentimes oftentimes students, you may think students are um, willingly not listening to you, but most of the time that's because we don't understand (laughs) and we we begin to think that you're being irrational out of you acting out of defense and then in that sense we get irrational
0: it's so interesting because we're going way beyond implementing some kind of a social emotional learning curriculum that's that's extra to the academic stuff it's like just uh, switch it over to just being a human being and connecting with the students. Right.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I know. Yeah. People try to overcomplicate it by all of these uh, extracurricular kits that, Oh, we're going to teach them how to have empathy. And we're going to teach them how to be nice or, you know, share or this or that, but connecting is, is the baseline for, all the rest of it to just flow because the teacher's connected to the kids and all of those things unfold naturally. Um, Anything else you want to say? I really appreciate that, that, that insight there. because You're right. Teachers do get defensive, but you're all in there for the same really good reasons as to, for learning to happen. But without that uh, mutual respect, it's, it's crippled so anything else you want to add
1: yeah what um <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> go for it go for uh, it i do not think so <laughs> oh, okay <laughs> um
0: any advice you'd like to give to teachers? I think you've pretty much covered it, though. It's it's really beautiful. I I just had a sense that you'd have some good insights. Um, thank you, Dominique. I really appreciate your time.
1: Mm. Are you thinking? Oh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> uh, a little bit. I was thinking a little bit. Um far as advice you can probably edit this out if this is not what you were looking for but um I appreciate your thoughts we as we students don't want to hear about your perfect family (laughs) we want to hear about how rough your day was or we want to hear you gossip about what you think you want to gossip about because that's just adding on to the mutual respect and then We're going to tell you about our stress and about who we want to gossip about. Probably not getting in too much depth, but yeah, most definitely that. And that um, just adds into the conversation and the value of our connection. Because a lot of the times when those teachers, when I leave those teachers classrooms, I often find myself returning to those teachers classrooms in the next year. Just to have conversations with those teachers. And it's weird to find, to be able to find those bonds in school. And it shouldn't be weird. It should be normal. Right. To be able to want to return to each and every teacher's classroom.
0: Right. And I bet those are the teachers that are less exhausted at the end of the day. I bet, I don't know if you would notice that. Most but,
1: definitely.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because they're not working so hard. To front some kind of authority, whatever I don't know. I don't know. Oh, that's a beautiful yeah. wonder. W- one last insight. Thank you. Thank you, Dominique. Um, I think we're good, uh, unless you have more to share.
1: No, <laughs> I think that was it. Okay. Thank well you. that
0: that is that is gold. And I, and I hope that the the teachers and the parents that are listening can take this in because um, it's not that terribly long ago that we were your age, and to remember those feelings. I mean, it's mm-hmm. not like you're you know an extraterrestrial being or you know when you become an adult, you become a different person. There's always that kid inside all of us, and we all want connection Mm -hmm. that's just wired into us and so to allow time for that i bet you get better grades in the classes where there's connection or maybe you always get good grades
1: Because (laughs) no sometimes i do i do lack but most definitely because in those classes with better connections i always like to feel like i'm smart yeah. So it's sometimes difficult for me to ask questions and asking questions can be vulnerable sometimes for a student because sometimes you just don't know. Yeah. So in classes where I have that connection and able to be vulnerable like that, it allows me to know more.
0: There you go. And you can take in the answers more. Oh, I love that. Absolutely. All right, this time I really will say goodbye. But if you get some more insights, then call <laughs> me, and we can tack them onto this this uh, conversation. The editing is a wonderful is <laughs> a wonderful tool. So um, I really, really, really appreciate your you taking this time with me, Dominique. And I wish you the best.
1: I appreciate you having me, and I hope this weaves its way into a few. Classrooms.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so do I. All right, my dear. Thank you again. All right. Bye bye. Bye bye. <laughs> we have so much to learn from youth, not the least of which is being reminded about the feelings we had when we were their age which hopefully will help us to make much better, more appropriate decisions on their behalf. If you enjoyed this conversation, would you please take a moment and give us a rating and a quick review on iTunes? We need your help to get the rich content of these conversations out to more educators and parents. Okay, thanks, and meantime, do stay well and safe.